longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Thinking is the talking of the soul with itself, as said by Plato. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself, for a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and the theme for our show today is the gift of thinking. And I'm Maria Wong. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit bethestaryouare.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you can be part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. It's always the season of giving, so give big. And in this segment, I'll be talking about how Odyssey of the Mind has changed my thinking process over the past three years. Now, Odyssey of the Mind is an international creative problem-solving competition. I've participated in, in it since freshman year, and it has really encouraged me to think of creative solutions, whether I'm in school, at work, or at home. Now, each year... Um, Each team at Odyssey of the Mind, there's seven members that can be in each team, have a long-term problem. There's five problems. They range from building balsa wood structures to the classics problem, which my team usually does, in which my team and I must create an eight-minute play that not only solves the specific problem of the prompt, but also highlights certain aspects of history, art, and literature. Last year, our problem was to create a play based in the 1800s that focuses on sharing one of Aesop's fables. I was inspired by viewing Hokusai, who's a famous Japanese artist known for his woodblock prints, and I suggested that we set our play in 1800s Japan. Our teammates decided to focus on three characters, a rice farmer, a samurai, and an emperor, to spread Aesop's message, which was the story of the donkey and the buyer in which we designed a set in the style of a Japanese woodblock print and also constructed so many different costumes and prop pieces, like a samurai warrior costume made entirely out of red solo cups or a katana, which is a samurai sword, comprised completely out of plastic cutlery. And I really love Odyssey. It's been one of my favorite extracurricular activities because it really has pushed my thinking process. What I love about it is that it encourages collaboration, and I feel like collaboration is the best way to share new ideas or whatever you're thinking about because you're surrounded in a friendly environment where you're able to bounce ideas off each other and not only learn more about yourself, but what others are thinking. And even though we have this once, even though Odyssey does focus on a long-term problem, which we showcase at each tournament, We also have the short-term problem, which is called spontaneous, which is probably my favorite aspect of Odyssey, 
in which we are given just eight to 10 minutes to solve problems, whether it's a hands-on problem, such as building the tallest structure possible out of extraneous materials, such as pasta noodles, bricks, clay, or if it's telling a short story, such as um, my team's favorite, The Three Little Figs and Granny Smith. I really love Spontaneous because it really has required me to think on my feet and to think differently. It encourages me to think outside of the box, whether it's, as I said before, telling a new rendition using produce puns, or it's just building new costumes and props out of conventional items that you never would expect to. And overall, I just think it's been such a great activity for me this last, all my years in high school, just to really push my thinking and creative process. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Um, This year, we are doing a problem in which we must focus, we're doing the classics problem again, Mm -hmm. in which we must focus on three different artists and how they were all inspired by our mascot, the Odyssey of the Mind mascot, which is Omer, and he's a raccoon. So it seems like a bit of an odd problem, but what I really love about this year's is all of the pieces I've been able to create because I usually do most of the art pieces. Like I did this year Van Gogh's sun, Van Gogh's 12 sunflowers made oh. out of, com- completely made out of sunflower seeds. And it was really interesting to do because you not only get to see by completely replicating Van Gogh's work, his sort of thought process in placing the sunflowers and how they're dead at the bottom and alive at the top and just all of that, but also using sunflower seeds, which is a very interesting medium to use and just a lot of hot glue. (laughs) But yeah, it's just, it's just so great, I think. And I've just really loved working on it all these years and just thinking of all these weird and crazy ideas to go along with it. That's really, really cool. So along with all of the other projects you've done uh, that you've mentioned, what are some other projects that you've done throughout the entire time that you've been with this group? Some of them I really enjoyed. Freshman year, we did a play based on Pandora's Box, but we based it off of the movie Grease. So we called it Sandora's Box, opening up a jukebox (laughs) that releases all of these evils and at the end comes hope, right? Um, And I was Miss Fortune, so Miss M-I-S-S and then Fortune, just like Miss Fortune. Um, We love our puns. And I made a dress completely out of Monopoly money, which was very interesting because it was the first time I made clothing for myself or I've ever really sewed or done any of that. So it was a completely new experience for me. And that's kind of ironic how you wore that, but your name was Misfortune. Yeah, exactly. Really cool. It was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think with Odyssey, I'm always thinking just of new ways to create things with just common household objects or just mm-hmm. anything. You really can create anything you want with any object as long as you just think through it. And for me, just collaborating with all of my other teammates. Mm-hmm. So how has it really impacted you uh, with the time that you've been with this group? Um. I think I've really learned how to mature through Odyssey, not only with, um, as this is the gift of thinking, like my thinking process, just thinking things through more clearly, having a plan, being sure to check with others. But it's also just really shown me the importance of collaboration and working with others because I have Odyssey meetings three to four times a week. I'm with um, my other teammates. There's seven of us right now, a lot during every week until May, which is the world finals. So I think it's really shown me just the importance of having a team, of having a supportive community, but also just 
really it's really let me be creative and express myself just like here on radio just in so many different ways especially just artistically I feel like yeah definitely something like this is actually very very important I don't see it in a lot of schools I've been to a couple high schools and a couple middle schools and the closest thing that I ever uh, saw compared to this were the business groups that you could become a part of Um, and it wasn't necessarily creative thinking and it wasn't like uh, problem solving and the way you guys do things. But I do think we need a little bit more of these groups in our schools because it does teach collaboration and it does teach uh, how to think on your feet and how to create uh, solutions for problems no matter if they're small or if they're big. And what I do like about what you guys do is the collaboration part. If you have a thought or if you have a solution or anything that you've thought of that you think would be beneficial but you keep it to yourself, it's not really going to do anything. But if you guys are collaborating with each other with your ideas and your opinions and and things that you guys come up with, that creates benefits and you guys can create more um, creativity through that. And I think that's really great with what you guys do with that. Exactly. And I think it's just so great. I wish Odyssey of the Mind, even though it is pretty popular in several states and it is around the world, it definitely programs like this or or Odyssey itself, I feel like could be so beneficial, especially for young children who have, they're just so creative. They have so many ideas and this is a way to express themselves and they get to write scripts or engineer things or just paint and really express themselves in so many different ways. But yeah, I think just going back on, um, it's just so important, I feel like for every student to have the opportunity um, just to share their ideas and express it in a way that they enjoy yeah exactly so how did you get started in it did you just join um your freshman year uh did someone mention it to you did you see a flyer or yeah so odyssey of the mind at least in my community it's very popular to participate in and though i heard of it in elementary school and middle school i was never really interested but one of my really good friends he was starting a team with like another one of my good friends. They're like, Hey, you should join. This is going to be really fun. Like, and I was just like, okay, why not? Um, I (laughs) guess it'll be fun. Like freshman year, you know, and I've turned out to just really love it. And it's really cool because there's four of us who have stayed on since freshman year. And yeah, it just sort of came to me and I was just like, okay, but it's, um, anybody can start their own team if they want. They just need the approval of either their school we're with our Rotary Club. They just need another organization to help out with it, and then they can start it. Oh, very cool. So do you think, because going into high school, you know, freshman year, that's got a, that's a very nerve-wracking experience for any uh, graduated eighth grader. Uh, do you think that this really helped with your confidence and the confidence that you had in going to a new school? Do you think that helped you with transitioning to something new? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially the transition from going to middle school to high school, it can be it's sort a of big change. Yes, it is. And it's sort of scary. And I know at least I was very self-conscious and Odyssey really pushed me out there. Um, I had to act on stage in front of a live audience since we do oh, a wow. play. So that type of thing where I've never done anything like that before and being able to do that. I feel like it really not only helped me make new friends, but also be comfortable in my own ideas and thoughts and um, just really pushed me to do things I never thought I would do when I was like an eighth grader or freshman. That's really cool. Do you know of any other groups that are kind of like this at other schools? Um, I know there's there's not any in particular I can think of. Um, I know at my school, at least, 
it's somewhat similar in the way that um, a lot of my friends compete in robotics and they really just create their own robot and like collaborate with their own ideas to create it, engineer it together and then compete at tournaments similar to Odyssey. But yeah, I just overall Odyssey of the mind. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this is so cool. I love that you uh, talked about this with us on here. It's actually very awesome. I hope all of you guys who are listening are able to find something like this and, and join in a club like this at your school because it's actually very important to get involved and to really boost up your confidence and collaborate with other people. Well, this was an awesome discussion. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but we will, we will be back after this break. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. And I'm Maria Wong. For this segment, we have Sean Anderson, a six-time motivational author, international keynote speaker, and the battery charger of the human spirit. Today, we'll be discussing his great motivational novel, Amicus 101, a story about the pursuit of purpose. So, Sean, I read this novel I thought it was so great, and I was wondering how you thought of having Amicus be in different forms as he communicates to Jay in technology, in person, just in so many different manners. Miss Asia, i got to tell you, by listening to you in just one minute, you've got a lot of motivation in you, don't you? <laughs> That's very <laughs> nice of you to say. <laughs> I think that we might have another motivational speaker in the future that I'm talking to right now. <laughs> Amicus 101, first off, I, I wrote that book because I wanted, I wanted to help people know the secrets of success because there definitely are some, but I didn't want to write it in the list of this is number one, number two, number three. These are the ten things you need to do because that's not yeah. what resonates with me. I wanted to write Amicus 101 and pass on these secrets in the form of a story. So that's why this guy... Jay Garfield, has lived kind of a mediocre life his whole life until one day he meets this teacher named Amicus, and he meets this teacher in the, in the form of a, uh, in, in technology, and Amicus takes him through 21 life lessons where you get to see Jay Garfield's life change from the inside out, because isn't that how we change our life, by what we think first? Yeah, no, definitely. I loved the 
end message of the book in where he said, we need to look inwards and also we need to look inside ourselves, be introspective, but also reflect on the world around us. Um, but I was also wondering, so as you stated, you sort of have these 21 lessons that Amicus gives, but it's also Jay's storyline throughout and how he progresses not only um, inside, but outside. Um, and I was wondering, did you develop the idea of having these 21 key lessons first? Or was it more of the storyline or a mixture of the two? Well, that's a great question. You know, I, I, I think as, as I find that my most powerful writing is not when I, I really think a lot about it ahead of time. I have an idea, but sometimes as I write on the computer or write on the page, sometimes I'm coming up with something fresh for the first time. Now, the 21 concepts, that was more a planned effort because uh, it's been said that if uh, after three weeks, if we continue to practice the same sort of thing over and over and over, we might develop a habit. So that I thought that if I gave these 21 lessons, that's that's seven times three, three weeks, that somebody might turn positive thinking and personal empowerment into a habit. So that was my purpose there. Oh, definitely. This this is actually really great. I love how you have this as a story. And just as you said earlier, it's not just 10 commandments because it's not necessarily the easiest to relate to. So as you have this story with this character, people are able to really connect with this character and see what he's going through and kind of connect with these lessons that you have in your book. So how does Jay encompass an average human being? Well, I think that we all, as life starts to wear us down a little bit, we all tend to lean towards mediocrity. And, you know, that's what was happening in Jay Garfield's world. He had a job, but he really didn't try his best probably at it. He just went with the status quo. He did what it took to get by. You know, maybe some of the listeners can, you know, kind of relate to that if they're going to some of their classes and they're just doing what they can to get by. Maybe they know how to get an A without working super hard, and that's what they continue to do. And so Jay kept on doing that until one day, you know, his company decided no more, you know, you're terminated. It came as a complete shock to him. And at that point, self-awareness kind of kicked in, and he started evaluating all the parts of his life, and he just said, wow, this is not the life that I want to be living at all. I think one of the great things that I believe is that in my own life is I set the intention for what I want, the image for what I want my life to be. And from there, I take the action to turn that into a reality. And that's what Jay Garfield learned in this particular book. That is great because having that envision in your mind is something that is the first step to that motivation because a lot of people, they have that goal, but it's a little bit harder for them to really envision what exactly their end goal is and what exactly it is they want. That's right. Yeah. What if I ask you, you know, how can we ever live a great life? How can we ever live our best life if we don't even know from the very beginning what that life looks like, right? Exactly. Yeah, I love that throughout this novel, you state um, how Jay is sort of struggling to choose at the end between these three jobs. And it's not really about the occupation that will define his happiness, but that he has to find something that gives him purpose and happiness. And you know, that's, with that, that's right. Yeah, okay, great. Um, Yeah, I was wondering, with that, um, Jay's watershed moment, I feel like, obviously for changing um, internally and outside, is when he gets fired. And from your experience as a life coach, motivational speaker, why did you choose that as his moment for um, changing? Well, because that's kind of a a wake-up call that a lot of people can relate to. You know, it's that moment 
that all of a sudden you realize, wow, I'm kind of blown in the life. I mean, maybe it's a, maybe it's a student who's been cruising along for a while with A's because it comes easy, and then all of a sudden one day they get a C. Well, that's that watershed moment that you talked about. All of a sudden that we have an opportunity right there to have a moment of self-awareness and, and think about how did I get this C? Because, the, because if you want to live a life of excellence, if you want to be excellent, it doesn't matter if it's in music or in sports or in volunteerism or in service or in your relationships. Man, you can't keep doing the status quo. You can't keep doing your most mediocre effort because when we do mediocre efforts, we get mediocre results. Exactly. Exactly. That's very true. And I, that's something that we all have to really realize is that it's kind of like that definition of, uh, um, oh, what's the word? It's the definition of uh, like being psychotic is that if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same results. So you've got to do something different. You've got to do something more and you've got to really envision getting that next result. As, uh, as I go with this group that I'm with uh, called Independent Youth, we do kind of motivational speaking, but the majority of it is about entrepreneurship. And we are talking to these kids is, you know, they're in certain situations, they have negative situations, they're not in the, be- in the best home life, they don't have the best support from their parents or their family. If they want something, they've got to pursue it, they've got to go get it. And it's something that we've really tried to ingrain in these kids' mind, uh, kids' minds, they're juniors and seniors in high school so they really they've got the whole world ahead of them they're not even in college yet so we've really tried uh to get that message across that if you really really want something and you really want something different despite the situation that you're in you've got to do something more than what you're doing right now and you may discover it now you may discover it later you may get the support from somebody else and you didn't even realize it so it's just really taking that risk and taking that extra leap that's right, and that's why the message that I'm that I most uh, predominantly speak on and write on, and that I'm most known for, is the simple message called "Going the Extra Mile." If you really want to create life change in any area of your life, you don't keep doing the same thing, but you got to do more. You got to give more. You got to be more. You've got to go the extra mile. That's how we create positive change. That's how we create our best health, our best achievements, our best success our best relationships, our best contributions. It's when we do more than we normally do. Exactly. Yeah, um, definitely. I feel like, especially for me as a high school student and just the environment I'm in, all of our goals is focused on whatever it might be in the next step after graduating, whether it's work or college and just getting there as quickly as possible without really taking the time or effort sometimes to fully... um, finish our things, whether it's academically or socially or personally. Um, so how, what do you recommend, especially like to a teenage audience, how do we harness our inner amicus or just really motivate ourselves to do the best and go the extra mile, even in stressful times? Well, I find that it's easiest to go the extra mile when you're doing something that you love the most. And, and so, you know, I feel that sometimes, especially as a high school student, we start getting these ideas in our head that have been planted there ever since we've been young about all the things that we're supposed to do. And we all of a sudden start to turn off the whisper inside us that is our inner amicus that really tends to show us what our greatest passions are and what, what we want to do the most. So I think the, the less that we really listen to the world around us, 
the more that we listen to our own thoughts and feel our own feelings, we become more in touch with our inner amicus. And we then are able to go the extra mile because we're living the life we love, man. This is what we want to do. This is what we're connected to. I think, I believe that oftentimes uh, young people are drawn and people, all people are drawn to the job that gives us the chance to make the most money. I think that is one of the greatest ways to uh, potentially live a life of mediocrity because money is never going to be what your greatest passion truly is, what your greatest amicus truly is on the inside. So when we can get that out of our head, get that out of our thinking, then we can start doing what we want to do in life, what we love to do in life. And the things that we end up doing the most, we will always, we will always find a way to survive and thrive and succeed. Wow. Yeah, I completely agree with that. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like you can also just really see that message throughout the novel because by the end, Jay just seems so much happier just with everything in his life and his relationship with Vicky improved just all of the things in his life because he's doing things that he loves. It was just really inspiring and great to read, especially during this stressful week. Well, you know, I appreciate the fact that you, you both took the time to read that. Thank you so much. And, and that's the way it is. When we put effort into ourselves, when we put effort into those around us, when we put effort into everything that we're doing, our results are going to improve. That's just a bottom line fact. If people want to know what the, you know, how to succeed more, gain, do more, give more, be more. That's how you produce greater results. Exactly. Well, this has been such an awesome conversation. I'm so excited to hear more from you in our next segment. If you guys want to check out what Sean Anderson is doing, which I highly recommend you do, is go to seananderson.com and you'll see all of his books, everything that he's done, and you'll get a lot more information about his his uh, speaking and all of his books and all the endeavors that he's been on. So go to our radio site also during our break at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Maria Wong. Also, please visit our charity site at bethestarur.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash bethestarur. Stay right here as we continue our amazing discussion on thinking. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. 
For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today on Express Yourself, we are discussing the gift of thinking. And I'm Maria Wong. And today we are here with Sean Anderson, a motivational speaker, author, and so much more. So, Sean, you really seem to have been so success- successful throughout your life. You're a number one best-selling motivation author. You've built several multi-million dollar companies. Um, we see that you've pedaled a bike 4,000 miles across the United States twice and run a 100 mile along with so many other things. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and approach to living? Well, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. My first business actually was when I was 10 years old. I sold worms to fishermen. So at nighttime, I'd go back, I'd go into my backyard, and I'd flood my parents' backyard with water. And so the night crawlers, the worms would come to the surface. I'd go gather them up, and then I'd put them in a big, you know, big barrel. I'd run an ad in the Reno evening paper on Saturdays and Sundays. The fishermen would see that, and I'd sit in my front yard. They'd drive by, and I'd sell worms by the dozen to the fishermen. Back then, I learned that when you had a creative idea and that you took action on it, that you could create that you could make things happen. And back then, I was pretty passionate about buying baseball cards, and I knew that the more worms that I could sell, I could get more baseball cards. So as I've gotten older and as I've continued to develop that, I realized that we don't have to be limited by the job descriptions that, you know, we might read about online of this job open or this job's open. Man, I'm a big believer in creating stuff. I'm a big believer in creating what we want. Sometimes if there's a job out there that you can't find, then you approach a company and you, you, you create that job for them. You show the need. Because when we add value to other people, value will always come back to us. Don't ever limit yourself by what you, by, if your dreams are bigger than that, go, you know, go take action on what you want to do and what you see, even if it means starting from scratch. Exactly. And I love what you mentioned, uh, that you don't have to be limited. My parents taught me from a really young age that it is important to have what is called the abundance mentality, uh, where you, there is so much in the world that you can create from, that you can take from, and you can use that to build your success. And that is the main mentality that an entrepreneur has, which not a lot of people have that mentality, but it could be acquired. You can uh, create that mentality for yourself. But I think that is so awesome that you had this mentality when you were only 10 years old. I think that is absolutely fantastic. So as a 10-year-old, how did you uh, grow you know, into your teen years, into your, your, young, your young adult life with this mentality? How did you establish yourself to other people who probably didn't understand what you were doing? Well, again, I, 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 would look, I would look forward and I would say, wow, that would be really cool to do that. I would like to do that. So it all starts with the vision and being able to, to think a little bit forward and think about what you want, you know, and, and then from there you go, okay, how do I get there? What, what's the steps that I have to take to get there? Because we can't go from A to Z in the alphabet in one jump. We've got to go through the rest of the letters, B, C, D, E. Same thing with a big goal. We've got to break it down into smaller steps. Once you achieve step one, you go to step two. You keep achieving all the steps on the plan, and eventually you achieve the goal that you want to do. So, you know, I, I learned that lesson about steps and process and, and, and never being overwhelmed by my goal 
because when you break a goal down into small enough steps, you'll never be overwhelmed by just completing that step. I never think about step 10 when I'm still working on step two. I know that I can do step two. It's like if you were to run a marathon. If I'm at the starting line and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to go 26 miles. How in the world am I going to do that? Well, the truth of it is, is I don't have to run 26 miles all at one time. I only have to make it at first the first one mile. And I've done that, you know, a thousand times and I can do that. And then I just have to get to mile three and then mile five. And if you keep breaking it down like that, pretty soon, three hours later, you're standing at the end of the 26.2 miles and you go, O-M-G, I totally did it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's perfect. Yeah, so with, your, um, with this plan and having the steps, um, I know you said just to focus on each step at a time, but what do you do when you encounter obstacles while trying to get to each of the next steps? Well, I, I went to school at Berkeley, and you know, and I my my first job out of Berkeley, I, I couldn't believe that I couldn't get a job at all, and so I worked. Uh, I had to work a graveyard shift position at a Seven Eleven, which was a convenience store, and I worked from eleven at night to seven in the morning, stocking oh, wow. coolers for wow. barely above minimum wage. And at three in the morning, not a lot of people used to come in the store back then, so I started reading every motivational book that I could and started to reprogram my thinking into becoming an I can type person. And then, you know, I read this one book by Benjamin Franklin, it was his autobiography, that Ben had this system, this accountability system of, of, of 13 different virtues that he wanted in his life. So he started working on each of those virtues um, every month, basically. I said, I'm going to create a system like that for myself. So one day I was out at the ocean and I was jogging, and it was back then, and I, I saw this seagull flying way out over the water. And I go, wow, that seagull, where is that guy going, man? He, he, I mean, there's no land out there. Look how high he is. Look at him soar. I would love to live with that kind of freedom and unlimited thinking in my own life. I want to soar. So using that soar, S-O-A-R, and remembering the Benjamin Franklin autobiography, I came up with a system back then called SOAR, Seeing the Dream, S, organizing it into a step-by-step plan, O, Taking action on that plan every single day, A, rejecting failure, rejecting stinking thinking, rejecting when people say, I can't, S-O-A-R. When I started following that SOAR principle for every one of my goals in my life, I started achieving everything that I wanted. I got out of that 7-Eleven very fast, not because I found a new job, but because I did what? I went back to my principle of creating a job. And ever since then, and even still today, when I have a goal, I first, I, I work on the S. What is it that I want? I then develop a step-by-step um, action plan, which is the organization. Then I take action on that plan. I don't go home, turn on the TV, and start watching Vanna White's, you know, it's, turning letters on Wheel of Fortune. I take action and then rejecting. You know, and when any goal is so awesome, so big, so huge, so fantastic, man, you better, you're going to get failure. You're absolutely going to get failure at first. But it's a matter of, Asia Maria, how bad do you want this thing, man? Do you want it or not? My very first book, Countdown to College, Preparing a Student for Success in the Collegiate Universe. I had 83 rejection letters from publishers. 80 freaking three rejection letters, man. But I knew that I wanted this. So I didn't let number one or number 10 or number 20 or number 83 stop me. I kept on plugging. And now I'm writing my seventh book. That's amazing. There are so many yeses you can get compared to the no. Uh, that's something that I did go through when I was younger. I was 13 years old when I started my own business, and I had no idea what I was doing. 
I had uh, no experience in something like that, but, you know, I thought, you know, not a lot of kids are doing this, not a lot of 13-year-old girls are starting their own business. I want that freedom of having my own business, of being my own CEO, of creating my own success and making my own money. Uh, And, you know, so many people told me no. So many people told me, you can't do this, you're too young, or you can't do this because you're a little girl. Uh, And I took that as a way to say, well, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway just because you said I couldn't. Uh, and that's just something that I, I love that you mentioned is that you had so many no's, but yet you kept going because you wanted it so bad. So what exactly do you have to say to our viewers about rejection and failure? How can they deal with something like that? How do they deal with failure? What is the best way to do that? Well, rejection and failure are usually tied to kind of the embarrassment and the shame of the of, of not making it. And so fear starts to crawl in. Oh my gosh, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what will so-and-so think? Oh my gosh, if I fail again, Maria is going to think I am just absolutely ridiculously bad. <laughs> so I'm just going to walk the mediocre path. I, I'm not going to do it I, I, because, because fear, fear is what blocks us. Fear is what, yeah. you know, scares us from, you know, asking that guy to the prom if that's who we want to go with. That's fear. And we generate that fear you, ourselves. What's that? As we generate our fear that ourselves, you know, we create that in our own minds and that limits us. That, that's exactly right. I'm going to share with people one quick way on how I get rid of First off, I, I don't have any magic secrets to get rid of fear. Fear exists. Fear is real. There's nothing that can make it go away except one thought. What happens? What would I think later if I didn't? try this. Every time I go on stage before I speak, of course I feel fear, but I always think, man, what if I don't get on stage? How am I going to feel later knowing that I blew this chance to communicate with all these people? And that fear is so awesome and powerful to me that it makes me get up on stage and go for it. Wow. That's, that's incredible. You know, I really want to keep that mindset too. And just for everybody, especially, um, a teenage audience, just with, um, high school, school, stress, all of that, usually fear comes into play too. So if you could turn black back the clock, what do you wish you could go back and tell yourself as a teenager? If I were to go back, I would, I would, I would definitely tell myself to, to, to read more books and to meet more people because the, the two things that have changed my life more than anything are the books that I've read and the people that I've met. And the more powerful and motivational books that I've read, the more powerful and motivational my mindset has become. The more inspiring and motivational the people that I've surrounded myself with, the more powerful and motivational I have become. Two things will change your life more than anything, books and people. Make sure you're hanging out with the sort of people and books that you want to be. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. So throughout the day, uh, you know, no matter how successful that we may be, we're always going to have those days that really bring us down or we may feel that, um, you know, we're not doing the best that we possibly can or, you know, we're kind of just having an off day and everybody has that. As a motivational speaker, author, uh, and success coach, you know, you I'm sure you stay motivated a lot. (laughs) How can you, uh, how do you stay motivated and positive and how can uh, our listeners stay motivated and positive even if they're having an off day? 
first off, it's just the awareness, the, those thoughts that I'm generating that that end up changing my feelings from good to bad. And so it's that self-awareness going, man, I don't want to feel this. And if I don't want to feel this, that means I have to change my thinking. So I don't want to think this. Because if we're thinking bad and we're feeling bad, our actions are bad, and that whole thing starts snowballing. So number one is develop a self-awareness. Know you better than any other human being on the face of the earth. Know what you think, and when you start thinking that, have the power, the personal power to be able to change directions. Number two, I never let myself have two bad days in a row. That is because you're either snowballing uphill or you're snowballing downhill. When you start to have two bad days in a row, that's just because of you. That's because you're generating so much thinking, thinking, and you got to get your act together and start, you know, tweaking and reprogramming that computer that's sitting on top of your shoulders. That's perfect. Wow, that is awesome advice. Thank you so much, Sean Anderson. You know, this is perfect. Um, you're a very motivational person, and we're so happy that we had you on our show today. And it was definitely an enlightening discussion about thinking. You guys can definitely visit his website. I really advise that you do because this will definitely change your way of thinking and the way you go about your daily lives. Go to www.seananderson.com to check out all the awesome stuff that he's up to. And be sure to stay tuned for our next segment. During the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for the Be the Star You Are 501c3 C3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. And for more information, go to events at our website at btsya.org. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Maria Wong. Visit expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. When we come back, we'll continue our inspiring conversation. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, and today's hour is all about thinking. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Maria Wong. In this segment, we have Music Magic with Xiao Young. Hi. Hi. All right. So, hey, guys. This is Xiao from Music Magic. Today, I would like to talk about how music presents us with the gift of thinking. Music can not only influence our emotions with the melody, but inspire us to think. This can be through the melody and beat that can change one's mood. The lyrics in a song that often carry an understandable message as well. Today in Music Magic, I will dig deeper into how certain lyrics can make one think. Personally, just last week actually, I stumbled upon this song about the new season. 
It's called Cherry Blossom Ending by Busker Busker, a Korean band. This was fantastic because the first day of spring was not that long ago, too. It was on the 20th of March. This really put my mood into enjoying the song more. The lyrics are heavily based on the aesthetics of the beautiful yet quote-unquote messy season. One interesting aspect that the lyrics indicated was that the flowers that bloom on tree branches, like the cherry blossoms, were absolutely gorgeous. But at the same time, it ended with a note that the petals become lots of tedious work for the people to clean up afterwards. I personally found that to be a little amusing. I never saw my saw the flowers that bloom on the tree branches the same way ever again. Just like my simple experience with music determining the way I think about certain things, it definitely is an easy task to try out yourself without hardships. The idea of music presenting the listeners with the gift of thinking may sound a bit overwhelming. In reality, it's really just a universal activity that everyone, disregarding the different races, genders, philosophies, even age, and everything else, can truly feel and agree on. Wow, how great. Um, so how did you, when listening to the song, did Cherry Blossom Ending, did you have to listen to it several times over to really think about and really just um, resonate with the song? Or how did you come to the conclusion you came to? No, I only listened to it like two times. It wasn't anything super deep. Like, for example, to pull up a different song, I will listen to songs with just instrumentals and get an image in my head. Like, River Flows in You by Aruma. This song is a very well-known masterpiece amongst the pianists of any new age music lovers. It puts a mellow image of peacefulness in the listener's mind. Personally, the song puts an image of a calm area to me. Maybe a little, maybe a small town that may seem a little lonely too. When I asked my friends, one of them told me that the song gives him an image of a peaceful forest. But when I asked my other friend, she told me the song gives her strong, nostalgic feeling. This was because her mother would play the song when she couldn't go to sleep when she was younger. Music's specialty truly shines in this aspect as well. Music doesn't just inspire us to make an image in our minds, but it can also tie itself to a certain memory. When all of us were talking, we realized that noticing the fact that music, indeed, has an effect in our minds without even noticing. It, w- it was a really surprising thing to talk about. It definitely wasn't a deep, dramatic difference, but we all had something to talk about when we, when we talked about the song. Here's a little disclaimer. This song isn't the special song for this. Although it is a beautiful, gorgeous piece, this song isn't the only one that can have this effect. In fact, any songs that you love can present you with the same general idea. Lastly, we all got to a conclusion that we let the music give us the images. It wasn't something that we voluntarily make ourselves. It's the music that gifts us with the images and the nostalgia and the memory. Definitely, music can really bring back memories or, you know, thoughts that provoked us a while ago. And sometimes even music kind of gives me a sense of deja vu. It's really weird. But yeah, it's that's great- cool. Yeah, it's great that music can be tied to an actual memory. Are there any other influences? Well, while some songs just give an image, like the instrumental ones that I mentioned, some do give strong messages that are often opinionated. There are artists out there in the music world that express their opinions on certain topics of their societies, just like how Express Yourself does with teen hosts and reporters. To refer back to the musicians, although their musical talents definitely can't brainwash the listeners, they music still offer or just give off a good rant who doesn't like a good rant while making enjoyable music 
Yeah, of course. I mean, I love listening to all music, especially whatever message it is, and just thinking about that and what I think of it or what the artist was thinking of it. So, Sao Young, yeah. um, some people feel that music only lets us notice things about ourselves or it's a very introspective experience. What do you think? Music is something that can really cling into people's minds. Some songs can get passed down by generations. They actually do their own storytelling to the next generations. For example, many Asian Korean song lyrics that have been recorded really tell the enthusiasts today about how some day-to-day tasks were like back then. This is incredible because none of us today know how it was like back then. This isn't just only music, but it's history. Plus, even if you're not an enthusiast to a certain nation or history, you still know our famous national anthem, Star Spangled Banner. The song portrays a vivid image and strongly gives us an idea of unity and bravery to us Americans. Music doesn't just, just let us think about ourselves. It also lets us listeners think about the, our ancestors or of any other nations, if that's what we desire to know about. We like get to learn about how they were like. Here's a random fact. A really good friend of mine who goes to my school really loves the French national anthem. She jams to it like all the time. Wow, yeah. I mean, everybody has their preference in music, and that's really cool that they really like the French national anthem. Um, just thinking about yeah. this, all of the music and just how often certain lyrics resonate with us. It made me think of a project we did recently in my AP English class where, because all songs are basically poems, we analyzed either a poem or a song, uh, lyric by lyric, going through the metaphors, similes, images, themes throughout it, and just what we thought of it and what the theme, like what the artist was trying to convey and how it affected us. And yeah, I just thought it was really cool how we're able to really, each of us, may have like our own thoughts about what a song may mean to us like river flows in you like i love that song so much also it really gives me yeah like a sense of peace but yeah but it also can be um it's sort of a bit sad at the same time but overall it's just super cool right how we're all able to have these different thoughts about music and how they each give our lives different meanings yeah like what you've said earlier like song you you said that in your ap english class you would study about poems and books this is some people do think that books are the main source and the only source, like on the books and articles on the internet, are the only sources for knowledge. But it's not it. The music also ties into this. Song lyrics, musical melodies can can really gift us the ideas and the knowledge that we can use to think about ourselves, other people, history, and more. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think also like songs are really cool and that, as you were saying, it just shows culture in general. Like you can just see the progression of rap and hip hop and jazz that developed in the United States or even just something like K-pop or J-pop, which are all really cool. That mm-hmm. It's universal. We're able to share and listen to, um, but also just I feel like reveals a lot just about our culture and our thoughts. Yeah, I actually in middle school was a part of the school jazz band. And I actually, I only thought I was a pianist and I only thought that I would just learn about chords and maybe some like different like types of music. But it wasn't it. I got to learn about, I got to learn about the musicians that shaped jazz to how it's like today. And how and I will listen to their songs, that even if they have lyrics or not. If they have lyrics, they would have some slangs, they would have some societal feelings into it. It just gives us lots of historical context as well music has been with humans ever since like the beginning of time really 
recently. Like, it, our generations and the few generations before have made music into like a viral thing as well, which makes future general, which will make future gener- generations have an easier time how we are like in the future. Yeah, that's what I love about music is that it progresses. You know, you can have the same genre and listen to the different music that was made, you know, 20 years ago. And then you'll listen to the music now and you'll see just how much it's changed. And I think it's so cool. You know, every single person has a different preference of the musical genres. Um, You know, I have a lot of friends who prefer country music right now. And I personally Mm -hmm. can't stand country music. I just can't. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. I just can't listen to it. But then they have um, mm-hmm. this uh, genre. It's called electropop, or it's like electronic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like this indie electronic music. And my best friend, you know, I like to play it in my room all the time. And whenever she comes over, she's like, can we please listen to something oh. else? <laughs> and I'm just like, no, <laughs> like, I like this. <laughs> and um, But it's just interesting. Yeah, that's cool. You know, some people use it to also focus. Uh, me, personally... Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. to listen to music while I do my homework, while I'm writing an essay. Uh, yeah, I like same. Yeah. I like to paint a lot on campuses, and what I usually do, I'll put my headphones in, listen to a genre of music, you know, whether that be alternative rock, rap, uh, electronic, indie mm-hmm. pop, you know, whatever that may be. And I use mm-hmm. that to really focus and to really guide my thoughts in, you know, one specific direction because, you know, we have so many different distractions in life. We have so many so much outside mm-hmm. noise that I feel like music is just one way to really quiet all that yeah. down. That to really yeah, it helps you focus. Yeah. Yeah. Also, to point out, like, I know that, that it's all, it does give an about historical things, but again, music has been with us and it is still with us, obviously. So it, music is a way that we express our thinking kings or our opinions or any other things and it just helps it just helps to see how some people can relate or not it just shows how people are all different it just it also gifts us with the idea that everyone's different and that everyone will everyone has different opinions about certain things it's just really fascinating to know that yeah for sure i feel like music just as we've stated here like it just has so many different meaning to so many different people like for Asia, whether it's just like listening to in the room, like I often do, right, or painting with mm-hmm. it, or just thinking about it, really, just thinking about the lyrics and letting it sort of sink in mm-hmm. for whatever mood you're in. I really think music is such a great way for all of us to express ourselves and really learn more about each other. Yeah, music is like a loyal best friend. Like, <laughs> definitely, you can you can do uh, yeah, definitely, you can be doing homework or sometimes. You can be unconscious about the music, but it, like without it, you can't really do anything, and you miss it. Like you, like sometimes you don't feel that the music is there to support you, but when it's gone, you really notice it, and it's always there for you. We can always access, or we can make music ourselves, and in that way, I think that it is really cool to think that music is a friend. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely say I can't go without music. I know that sounds like such a teen thing to say or such a millennial thing to yeah. say. But like, I, I cannot go without music. It drives me insane. Mm-hmm. I play music when I'm in the car, when I'm in the shower, when I'm cleaning my room, when mm-hmm, I'm doing mm-hmm. chores, like literally everything. So it's really great to yeah, how music too. can really connect us to thinking and to connect us to each other. So this was definitely an awesome, awesome discussion. Thank you very much for being on here today. Soo Young, I hope you're on here again soon. It's time to say 
Farewell, sadly. Mm-hmm. We give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer Matt. And thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you, our listeners, for making us a thank top fit program. Mm-hmm. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Maria Wong. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more info on our creative community, go to btsya.org and our main site at bethestarur.org. Until next time, remember, be kind, think positively, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids.